Hello, Iterative Marketers. Welcome to the Iterative Marketing Podcast, where each week we give marketers and entrepreneurs actionable ideas, techniques, and examples to improve your marketing results. If you want notes and links to the resources discussed on the show, sign up to get them emailed to you each week at iterativemarketing.net. There you'll also find the Iterative Marketing blog and our community LinkedIn group where you can share ideas and ask questions of your fellow Iterative Marketers. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Iterative Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Robinson, and with me, as always, is the vibrant and ever-expressive Elizabeth Aaron. How are you doing today, Elizabeth? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, trying to get my head around this Christmas season and and uh, get into the Christmas spirit. It is upon us. Are you Are you having a hard time this year getting in the Christmas spirit? Oh, I just feel like I, I, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not checked out of work yet, and... Uh, uh, not totally with it, but I'm excited for the you know the usual family gatherings and traditions to begin. Uh, what does your family do? Um, our family is a little odd. Um, my husband has is only home every other Christmas, so this Christmas he's not home. So we're actually um, celebrating Christmas a little early this year, and then uh, I am not exactly sure what we're going to do on on the actual Christmas Day. Okay. What well, about you guys? Uh, we uh we get the uh usual round robin of families. So my wife's family gets Christmas Eve and then my family gets Christmas Day and we get to host this year. Oh, that's not stressful at all. Yeah, I think it's like <laughs> 20 people that are going to be in our house now. It's going to be pretty insane. I'm not sure if we're just going to have to start stacking them up somewhere because I don't know that they're all going to fit. That is going to be fun. I'm I'm sure there's going to be some some great stories that come out of that. <laughs> yeah. We're eating dinner in shifts tonight, just so you know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'll report back after the new year. Perfect. But what are we talking about today? So today we're going to talk about getting the most out of Google Analytics. And um, for our listeners that listened to our last episode, we had talked about tools for expect effective experimentation in each of the sections um, that we talked about, setting up the infrastructure, figuring out what to test, measuring it, and analyzing it. Google Analytics played a major role. And um, since, you know, iteration is the key is the, is the backbone to iterative marketing, and you can't iterate without analytics, we thought it might make sense to dedicate an entire episode to getting the most out of Google Analytics. Yeah, and a lot of marketers don't know exactly how powerful this tool really is. I mean, it's amazing that this is a free tool and what it can do, you know, if you just go through the effort of learning how to set it up and then going through the effort of setting it up. It, it's a phenomenal amount of insight you can get out of this. It is. It's, you know, uh, a non-analytical marketer. It's a little overwhelming for you. Um, you get in there and you're not really sure where to go and you don't understand what it all means. Um, one thing I will say is Google Analytics has f some phenomenal training resources. Um, and there's so many blogs and podcasts out there that, that talk about it. So if you're not comfortable, this is something that's not going away. Um, and I recommend, you know, going out and playing around with it a little bit. So for today, because we're not going to cover everything analytics can do, um, we're going to hit on basically four um, high points that I think are most valuable to to our audience here. Um, so the first is is getting getting clean data into analytics because if you don't set up some some basic filtering, you'll find that you get a lot of garbage, a lot of noise instead of signal. 
After that, we're going to go into talking about conversions and how to track the actions that matter to your business. And this is important because this makes sure that the information that you're, ga- you're gathering through Google Analytics is aligned with your KPIs and business objectives. And once you have those conversions set up, you're going to want to make sure that you're feeding as much information into analytics as possible about the traffic that you're directing to your site, because the more fidelity you have there, the better your reporting is going to be. So we'll talk about that. And then finally, we'll wrap up talking about reporting and how you can pull that data back out to create custom reports. So normally at this point in an episode, we would talk like defining what it is we're talking about. I'm pretty sure most of our audience knows what Google Analytics is. Um, It's pretty ubiquitous. I think the last stat I saw was close to 30 million websites are running this 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 particular analytics package. And I know that within our client base and the, the folks that we talk to, almost all of them are running Google Analytics and not some alternative. I think it's important if your company has a, a, a Google Analytics account and you don't have access, it's easy to to get access. It's as simple as, as reaching out to your administrator and asking that they invite you. The key here and what throws some people off that aren't familiar with analytics is you do need to have a Google account um, either tied to your work email or to a Gmail address. So that is one sort of requisite that is that must be in place to have access to that account. Yeah, and a lot of people think that those are one and the same, but it's actually pretty straightforward to go and sign up for a Google account without a a Gmail address, and we'll actually link to that in the show notes. And then if your company doesn't have a Google Analytics Analytics account, it's really easy to set up. Um, if you go to google.com slash analytics and you click the sign in to analytics button in the top right-hand corner of the screen, um, on-screen instru- instructions are going to pop up and walk you through the entire process. Yep. And then all you have to do is, is install a little snippet of code on your site. If you don't have the knowledge or access to do that, you can send it to your developer. But on a lot of platforms, you don't even have to install code. It's just a matter of copying what's called your analytics ID into your website uh, content management system or platform. And that's going to be a, a string of characters that starts with UA. And uh, if you see UA, you know you found the right little little code to copy and paste. Um, I think it's also important to notice, note really quick that there's two different versions of analytics. There's a free version and a paid version. Everything we're talking about today, you can do on the free version. You don't need that paid tier. It's only when you start really going gung-ho um, on this stuff that you start running into some limitations on that free version um, that you have to move into paid. But even all of our clients are still on the free version. We're still on the free version, and we're able to get the information we need from the free version. It's amazing, again, how much... Um, power is is given in that in that 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 free tier um, before you have to upgrade. But that power, you know, you you have to have a little bit of a of an understanding and how to use it. And we're going to mm-hmm. talk about those things today and and how you really can make the most out of that free that free tier. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we want to talk about is getting getting clean data into analytics because. Um, oftentimes your your data can be hosed by garbage traffic that isn't real traffic on your site. And so it's important to set up some filters on the front end to prevent that traffic from coming in. Yeah, you're going to have traffic like um, bots, the you know computers that are out scanning the internet, um, human testers, even your own team can come in and, and really mess up that data and, and make a bunk, bunch of extra noise. So you get excited because you think, gosh, everyone's visiting my new landing page. And then you realize, wait, we shared it with the, you know, a thousand employees at our at our location here and everyone visited it. And okay, so that's why we're seeing a giant spike in traffic right now. Yeah. So the first thing you want to set up is get getting some of that own your own traffic out. And if that's still valuable to you, you can you can actually track it separately. But for your main analytics view, the one that you're looking at every day, you want to get your employee traffic out. And the way you do that is by blocking the IP addresses of 
your company on the web. And that's not going to be perfect if somebody pulls out their mobile phone and they're on their cellular network, that traffic's still going to get in there. But at least everybody sitting at their desk, clicking on links in the employee newsletter or uh, uh, visiting uh, the website to go and reference something they need to do to do their job, all of that traffic is going to come off of there. Now, is that something that needs to be updated? Is just a one-time update or does it need to be updated multiple times? It requires some coordination with the IT department. So you're going to want to ask the IT department, hey, can you get me a list of all of our IP addresses? And they'll say, yeah, no problem. And then then you get in a little bit of a trickier request to the IT department. Can you let me know if that list changes, which they may or may not be so on top of? So you might want to check with them quarterly and just say, hey, did we add any IP addresses? Did we remove some IP addresses? Just so you can go and tweak those filters. You might also see some traffic on your Google Analytics that, that um, looks like employee traffic at some point or some spikes that look like employee traffic. And then that's a good cue to say, hey, IT team, did you guys change our network? work at all. So what else can we do other than filtering out um, our own IP addresses? So that gets some of the human traffic off, but another big chunk of traffic is bot traffic. So these bots are not humans. They're they're computers that are set to go out and, and either scan all of the web pages on the internet to gather information um, or they're tasked with scanning, scanning certain web pages for certain information. Sometimes they aren't even scanning web pages. All they're doing is they're chucking data into people's Google Analytics account. Um, the first um, method of defense against these bots so they aren't throwing random data into your analytics is to simply check a box. And why this box is not checked by default, I don't know, but it's not. And so um, when, you, when you get done listening to this, run back and check. Um, there's a, a, a little checkbox. It's labeled as exclude all hits from known bots and spiders. And, and you'll find it in your view settings. Um, and you just want to check that box and click save. And that'll get rid of a good, at least half, if not more, of this bot traffic from attacking your site. Another type of traffic that you'll want to filter out is, is traffic from other host names. And one type of bot that roams the web is a spam bot. And what it's doing is it's adding traffic to your Google Analytics account without ever actually visiting your site. And if you've got into your Google Analytics before, you've probably seen this in the form of referral traffic. Um, it comes up as uh, fake traffic that gets your attention because it looks like something like awesometool123.com. Um, and they're sending you a ton of visitors. And so you want to see who they are. You want to see why they're referring so much traffic. And when you go check it out to see why, um, you realize that it's not actually a legitimate referral site. Right. So the trick to getting rid of this is actually to play on 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 some the methods that the, the spammers use to do this. So when the spammers are doing this, they don't actually know which website they're they're adding information to to their, their analytics account. What they did is they went and generated a whole list of those UA numbers that we talked about earlier and then set up a server to just go and send fake traffic to these people's Google Analytics account. The trick is they don't know what website they're doing it for. And so you can put a filter in called a hostname filter that says, if this traffic didn't occur on my website, it doesn't count. Throw it away. And so you'll want to configure this, this hostname filter to do that. Um, we'll link to a great article in the show notes from, from, uh, from Moz that details how these spammers do this as well as exactly the filter you need to set up because it's kind of too technical to talk about on the show. 
So this is, is going to help remove um, a good portion of traffic, but you still have some bot traffic that's going to need to be cleaned up. And what you're going to want to do in this particular scenario is you want to take a look at the network domains and the service provider, providers um, that are visiting your site. Yeah, and you'll notice that some of these service providers are actually advertising companies, companies that you have contracted either directly or indirectly to run ads for you. Um, they're checking out your site because they want to make sure that you're a legitimate company, that you aren't a porn site, that you are selling what you're advertising, that there isn't something shady going on. So they're going to take a look at your site to do that, either with a bot or as a human. And either way, you want that traffic not counting because it's not legitimate. And worse than that, it's probably following the tracking links that you use to place your ads. So now it's even inflating the results of your advertising. Um, other traffic could be coming from what are called data centers. So these are physical locations that logically wouldn't have users visiting your website. They're, they're names of companies that host servers. And so um, when you see this traffic, you'll see that it oftentimes has a very low time on site or a very high bounce rate compared to the rest of your traffic. That's a cue to go and look up that service provider to see if they are uh, a, a, a network center, like a, a, a data center. And if you Google that and you see that they're offering you know, server hosting as one of their primary services, well, then that's probably somebody who has their servers hosted there, not people visiting your website. And you can go ahead and filter that out as well. Now, this is something, it's not a, a one-time fix, right? We're going to have to, it's something that we have to monitor constantly. We've got to come back and check it. You can take it all out and then someone new finds you the next day. So it's, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. And it, unfortunately, it ends up being sort of a game of whack-a-mole because as as new bots pop up, then you got to go and update your filters. And, and the worst part is filters aren't retroactive. So once you get all this stuff in place, it's not going to go fix all of your reporting and, and remove all this noise from your reporting going backwards. It's only going to fix it going forwards. So you're going to want to stay on top of this because every so often new little bits of garbage will show up in your reports. You want to whack that mole as quickly as possible so that uh, uh, you can get back to clean reporting as quickly as possible because you can't fix what's in the past in Google Analytics. Once it's happened, it's happened. So once we've cleaned the data up, now we really want to focus on tracking actions that matter. And what we're looking to do here is make sure that the information we're gathering as our visitors engage with our site is as useful as possible. This, again, you know, ties back to our KPIs and our business objectives. Yeah, and when we look at, at tracking um, uh, the actions on our site that are useful, we're going to use the conversion tracking built into Google Analytics to do this. So if you go into Analytics and you go into your admin tab, there's a place where you can set up conversions. And those conversions are you know, your little successes that you want to track. So these are the good results that you want more of that indicate that you're, you're winning, right? Um, and within that, there's really two different kinds, right, Elizabeth? Yeah, there's micro conversions and then transactions. And the transactions really tie back to your core major wins. These are, these are your business objectives and why, you're, why you have a blog, why you're launching ads, why you're um, doing PR, why you're doing influencer outreach. What do you want to achieve when you're doing that? And oftentimes this ties right all the way back to revenue. Mm -hmm. It could be, um, if you have an e-commerce site, it's going to be um, a checkout. Um, it could be a newsletter sign up on your website or your blog, um, or a lead that can be followed up by sales that's filled out some sort of form on your website. And in the case of e-commerce, um, you know the the value of this conversion is tied right in, and so um, that's going to come right from the platform. It's going to be whatever dollar amount they purchased, right? 
Um, but in the case of, of some other things, it's not quite so easy. So if it's not already built in, like, you know, the, the sale amount um, in your when someone checks out on your checkout page, um, then you're typically going to have to set up, you know, some other way to track that. So it could be a, a thank you page that someone reaches after they uh, request more information or they've signed up for your newsletter. If it's not so simple as that, then um, you're going to want to set up a different type of, of of trigger for it. And that's not doable right within Google Analytics, but it's pretty straightforward. And another tool we'll talk about later called Google Tag Manager. And that's that little bridge that'll help you help you be able to set up that tracking. So we said there was two. The other one outside of transactions is micro conversions. And um, these include things that are not not your object, your main objective in marketing. Um, they're going to be instead indicators that you're on the right track. Yeah. So these are things like video views. If somebody finishes watching a video that you produced, well, that means that they're they're, they're good traffic. I mean, you're not going to sit through a video that isn't applicable to you. The same thing is true of things like dwell time on a page or how far they scroll on a page, whether they add products to cart, even if they don't check out, you're still on the right track. They added the product to the cart, right? Um, if they download a spec sheet or other, other, other clicks on the site that, that, are, that indicate some, some pretty high intent or that you're on the right track, these are what we call micro conversions. And they're just as important to track as, as your actual conversions because oftentimes you don't have enough of your actual conversions to do any, any, any solid statistical analysis because if they're fewer and further between, then you end up with not having a big enough sample size to, 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 to really be able to get, get, get the result you want. So your micro conversions can be used in lieu of that when you're trying to figure out what's working and what's not. Now, are these micro conversions something that have to be set up in, in Google Tag Manager or um, are they something that can be set up as regular conversions or events in Google Analytics? Usually these are the harder things to track um, and, and they're going to require either Tag Manager or developer involvement or both. Um, now, that said, they're not going to be a super expensive if you have to pay a web developer to set up because, you know what, everyone else has the same problems. So there's a lot of little scripts out there to help you. I know that we, we often recommend Rob Flaherty, I don't know how to say this guy's name, Rob Flaherty, he's got an H in the middle, um, F-L-A-H-E-R-T-Y, Rob Flaherty's plugins. Um, uh, he has one called Riveted that'll tell you um, how long somebody is, their dwell time on a page. He has another one that'll get um, uh, scroll depth into your system, and we'll link to both of those in the show notes. Um, and then for videos, Lunametrics um, has a, a plugin that they've developed and refined over the years. It's open source. Um, that'll help track uh, YouTube embeds and how far people have progressed in there and pass that data into analytics. These are definitely not for your average marketer. They require a developer. So, um, you know, if don't feel bad if you're not able to figure this out and, and don't feel bad about reaching out. It's going to be worth the effort because it's going to provide some, some great analytics for you. And don't put H's in the middle of last names, please, because I can't handle we'll just it. Call him, we'll just call him Rob from now on. He's just Rob. <laughs> Anytime we refer to Rob. Um, okay, I think might, now might be a good time to talk about Google Tag Manager because we've mentioned it a few times. And for our audience that's not familiar with it, what is it exactly? And for our audience that is familiar about it, are there any kind of key highlights? Yeah, Tag Manager is, again, another phenomenal free tool that Google gives us. Um, it, it, it's useful for a lot of things, but in the context of today, um, I think it's most useful in in being able to manage what data goes into Google Analytics and when it goes into Analytics. Um, 
It is not a quick tool to learn. Trust me, I have tried. That's why we have Steve on our team, um, who is a bit of a, a guru at this and has done um, some amazing things and, and some really cool integrations with some other platforms that we use. Um, so, you know, the key is at the very least, go out and learn about it, see what's available. Um, and then once, you know, if you're not able to figure it out, reach out to a developer that can help you. It really opens up a lot of avenues. Mm-hmm. Once you have Tag Manager installed on your site, um, you can set up these things called triggers. And triggers basically tell the system when to make stuff happen. And then tags are the other half. They tell the system what to make happen. And included in those tags is the ability to send events into Google um, Google Analytics. Um, you can also send additional page views for things that you want to track as page views that aren't obvious, like PDF downloads. And there's a lot of blog posts out there that will show you the simple hacks to set things up inside of Tag Manager to get the data you need inside of Analytics. If you just Google your problem, Tag Manager Analytics, you'll probably find a blog post that solves your problem. So regular Google Analytics isn't, you know, tracking what you want. It sounds like Google Tag Manager might be the first place to start as an, as an option. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think this is a great point for us to take a quick break and uh, go help some folks. Before we continue, I'd like to take a quick moment to ask you iterative marketers a small but meaningful favor and ask that you give a few dollars to a charity that's important to one of our own. This week, we are asking that you make a donation to Step Up for Success. Step Up for Success is a legislatively authorized scholarship for school children in Florida whose educational options are limited by household income or special needs. Today, the program serves more than 77,000 students in over 1,500 private schools throughout the state. Learn more at stepupforstudents.org or visit the link in the show notes. If you would like to submit your cause for consideration for our next podcast, please visit iterativemarketing.net slash podcast and click the share a cause button. We love sharing causes that are important to you. And we're back. So before the break, we talked about filters and keeping garbage noise out of your system. And then I guess a little bit on signal in getting uh, tracking the activity of people once they were on your site to get those conversions to, to, to log those important actions um, as they were bouncing around in your site and, and interacting with your content. Now I think it's a great time to talk about getting more information into your site about the traffic that you're sending. Mm-hmm. Because if you aren't getting this information in, then it, it becomes hard to to get the reporting back out that you need. Now, there's a few different ways you can do this. I think we're going to start with sort of the easy, easier ways first and work our way up to the more complicated, right? Yes, yes. And in all cases, you're looking to try and and set up essentially buckets inside of analytics where you can put uh, a group of, of sessions or site visits into so that you can compare two things. Um, so if you want to know how your Facebook stuff is is working compared to your Twitter stuff, being able to compare those two things requires having different buckets to look at the, the, the sessions in inside of analytics. The easiest way to do this is, is, is simply URL tagging. We've talked about this a number of other times in other episodes. So this is going to be used when you want to pass information into Google Analytics about where traffic is coming from and what you want to specifically know about that traffic. At a minimum, you need to pass in the campaign name and the source so you can analyze the results from that specific traffic source um, and or campaign, like you said, uh, specifically from Facebook or from Twitter or from the display ad platform, whatever it is, wherever that traffic is coming from. Yeah, and we're about to get geeky about other ways to, to, to get this information into your into your analytics. 
if you don't want to go that far, if you're kind of like, whoa, when we start talking about this other stuff, at a minimum, you should be using the URL builder. Um, and we'll link to that tool in the show notes. That makes it easy for you to get that campaign and source information into those links. You can also pass in which creative version or content it is that's, that's sending that link, as well as a number of other uh, uh, little parameters that'll help you be able to get the most value out of your reporting on the other side. Again, by putting those into those specific buckets, correct? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So out of the box, you get really campaign, source, and medium as your buckets. So campaign is, is, is the ad set or line item or campaign and whatever system is, sent, is, 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 is pushing that link out. Um, source is going to be the, the platform or system or site that the link is on. And then medium is going to be whether this is a banner ad or whether this is a text ad or whether this is a, uh, um, a, a blog post that you place somewhere or comments or whatever whatever it is that's that, that the link that the link is contained inside of right. Sometimes that's not enough information. As a matter of fact, most of the time that's not really enough information for you to get the most power out of your analytics. And when that's the case, if you want to set up other buckets than that, you're going to want to set up what are called custom dimensions. So custom dimensions give you additional ways to group the sessions on your site outside of what Steve just mentioned, you know, campaign source and medium. And they're useful for breaking down your traffic into these different buckets to compare what's sending good traffic versus the bad traffic. So for example, if we want to take a look at all of the traffic that's coming from our CRM targeting, regardless if it's whether, whether it's from Facebook or AdWorld or Twitter, we would use custom dimensions to do that. Or maybe we want to look at um, all the traffic targeting a specific persona or a specific target audience. We can, we, can, we can set up another dimension for that. And then even better than that, we can start to layer these on top of each other inside of reporting so we know whether or not our CRM targeting does better on Facebook or whether it does better on Twitter. Um, but you have to have the buckets set up, the custom dimensions set up. To set them up, you have to go into the admin section of your analytics account, and you're going to go under the web property column, find custom dimensions, and then it's going to be under custom definitions. And technically, these custom dimensions aren't limited to just bucketing your sessions. You can bucket users and pages and um, products and other stuff, but but the, the, the low-hanging fruit is to start bucketing your sessions and getting that in there. So that's why we're going to talk about that. And in, in Google Analytics parlance, this is your scope. So you're going to want to scope your dimensions to the session for, for the sake of, of really being able to understand which traffic is, is, is performing best for you. Now, if you're using the free account, you are going to be limited to 20 total dimensions. Um, if you are in the paid using the paid account, you can get up to 200. Now, Again, we've mentioned this before. We're using the free. I don't think we've hit our 20 yet. No, we haven't hit our 20 yet, and, and neither have any of our clients yet. Um, but uh, if you really want to go gung-ho on this, you could end up hitting that 20. We've come close, so uh, it's, it's definitely doable. Um, but uh, you can get a lot, a lot of information crammed into 20 dimensions. So what is the next thing that we can do to help um, make sure we're getting the right data into Google Analytics. We talked about the dimensions being the buckets that we need to put the data into. But we didn't talk about how to get that data into those buckets, right? And there are two ways. One of them is you can put a bunch of scripts on your site. That's the hard way. 
Um, the easy way is to set up a simple spreadsheet. Um, and so this involves using what's called a campaign ID. The campaign ID is what you could think of being the key. Um, so instead of, of um, having a bunch of, of, of extra stuff tagged onto the end of your URL or your web, your web, web link, which is what, you, what happens when you use that URL builder, you're only going to have one thing at the end of your, your web link, and it's going to be a UTM underscore ID. That key then links... Um, all of the traffic that clicked on that link back to your spreadsheet that you upload into Google Analytics. Now, this is what we use internally, and we use it because it just it, it makes it easier. We're able to customize all of this. We can make changes to it. Um, is this something that you would recommend for an average user? Um, it's kind of bordering into that power user area. Definitely get used to using the URL builder first. If you're not using anything, start with the URL builder and start tagging everything and then move into this this space. But that said, it's not that complicated. You're really just setting up a spreadsheet with the first column being being this key, this this ID. And you can make those up as you go as long as they're unique. You can even have them being one, two, three, four, five, and that's fine as long as they're unique. And then each column becomes a custom dimension. Um and then each row becomes, okay, I created this link. Here's the ID for the link. Here is the platform that it's on. Here is how I targeted. This is whether it's organic or whether it's paid. Whatever your your custom dimensions are become the individual columns. And then you upload that using the import tool. We will link to the help documents for our documentation for this in our show notes. You can go and read how to do this specifically. Um, but it's not rocket science. I'd say it's power user territory, but not not like I need to be a, a web developer level territory. There is one important note I think we need to make, though, and that is that you have to import your data before you send any traffic using those campaign IDs. IDs. It's not going to be retroactive. Yeah, and that's hung us up many times in the past because if you forget... I made some changes to our campaigns, and then you forget to update your spreadsheet. Um, then all of a sudden, it's running on old data. And as we've said before, Google Analytics doesn't let you fix anything in the past. Once it's happened, it's happened. And that's how Google Analytics is going to remember it for all time. So you need to make sure that you update these things uh, as soon as you make updates to, to those links and where they're placed. So we've talked about how to get data into Google Anal- Analytics. How do we get the data back out? And in a usable format. Yeah, I think um, one of the underused features within Google Analytics, again, is something called custom reports. Um, If you've been doing some of the stuff that we've talked about and setting up custom dimensions um, and uh, you've got uh, or you've even got a lot of your links tagged and you want to be able to to look at certain certain aspects of these links and divvy them up the way that you want, you're going to find that you're constantly making changes to the stock reports. And that's no fun. but if you go and click on the customization tab at the top, you'll see that there's a place where you can make up your own reports. And these can be hugely powerful in going to try and find exactly the information you want and get it back out. This is where we can use the custom dimensions that we set up to help break that traffic up into the bu- buckets and sub-buckets and show specifically the data that we want to look at. And then we're able to export that. And we can either um, you know, export it into Excel or Google Sheets and then link that up to other data. Um, or we can actually use Explorer within Google Analytics, which you know, this is the tool that's creating the pretty graphs that you look at when you're in your custom dashboard or, or any of your main screens. Yeah, if you aren't using custom custom reporting, take a peek in there. Again, this is not rocket science. This, I wouldn't say, is even like hardcore power user type stuff. Just play with it for a little while. All of a sudden, you'll be like, wow, I can get to anything I want this way, can't I? 
yeah, yeah, it's just not obvious. So, where do people? Where should people go if they want to learn more about this? You know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Google has some phenomenal training documentation. Um, Google's Analytics Academy is a, a great place to check out. Um, like I said, if you Google any of this, there's so many blogs out there that that have really great information. Um, personally, I'm a visual person. I love the YouTube videos because they walk you through specifically where to click and how to set stuff up. So there are a ton of resources out there, but definitely check out Google Analytics Academy and we'll link to that in the show notes for you. Yeah, and there are tons of blog posts out on the web too. Again, if you just Google my problem plus Google Analytics, you'll probably find somebody who solved it one way or another. So we've talked about a lot today, and that's going to be hard to summarize in a one-minute recap. So instead, we recommend you take a look at the show notes. If you haven't already subscribed, you can do so at iterativemarketing.net. This is another great episode to to have handy and as a great reference material, and the show notes are going to have tons of links for you, including that link to Google Analytics Academy, which I definitely recommend checking out. I want to thank everybody for making time again for us this week. Um, Until next week, onward and upward. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast directory. If you want notes and links to resources discussed on the show, sign up to get them emailed to you each week at iterativemarketing.net. There, you'll also find the Iterative Marketing blog and our community LinkedIn group where you can share ideas and ask questions of your fellow iterative marketers. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our username is at I-T-E-R, the number eight, I-V-E or email us at podcast at iterativemarketing.net. The Iterative Marketing Podcast is a production of Brilliant Metrics, a consultancy helping brands and agencies rid the world of marketing waste. Our producer is Heather Ullman with transcription assistance from Emily Bechtel. Our music is by Seastock Audio Music Production and Sound Design. You can check them out at seastockaudio.com. We'll see you next week. Until then, onward and upward.